0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you
0: didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey beautiful souls, welcome to episode 57 of the How My Parents Raised Me podcast. This is the final episode for 2021 and this year alone we have created 39 episodes and this podcast is now in 34 countries around the world. It's just amazing what has happened over the past, well what is it, it's only really just over a year that the podcast has been going. I set out on this journey because I really felt that there was nowhere that our stories, our childhood stories, generational trauma stories, our healing stories, there was nowhere that it was really getting shared. And I just wanted to hear from people what they'd been through and the, the deep and profound effects of growing up with with parents who probably had their own difficulties, their own childhood traumas. It's a cycle and it's so important that we share our stories so that we can change childhood generational trauma. The way we're going to change it is through awareness because when I was growing up I didn't know what a trigger was. When I had my kids I didn't know what a trigger was. I didn't know what trauma was from childhood really. It just wasn't something that was spoken about. Whatever happened to you growing up was just what happened to you. And I don't think I ever understood until I was well into my own parenting journey the effects of my own childhood on the way that I was showing up in the world, on my mental health, and on my physical health. I just had no idea and so I really wanted to spread that information as far as I could into the world and that's why I'm always asking you please share this podcast with someone that you know needs to hear it because I just feel like there are so many people out there that need to hear these stories because it does make us feel that we're not alone in what we're going through and the wisdom of those stories really can Change everything for a person. Just understanding that someone's been through similar to me and they've got through it, and this is how they've got through it. It's really incredibly powerful. And so, to finish off 2021, I thought it would be a really good thing to do to go back and just pull out some of those beautiful quotes, those beautiful pieces of wisdom that have been shared on the podcast this year. You know, sometimes I think it's impossible to just pull out one or two quotes. Sometimes, well, most of the time, it's just like everything that is being said is just so amazing. There's so much wisdom and beauty in it. Um, It's just impossible to cut it down. But here are some of my favourite pieces of wisdom from 2021.
4: What I've learned since becoming a traumatologist and working on trauma is that our trauma can start in the womb. And that was certainly the case with my mother. My mother was 18 years old. She was married, but she was very traumatized herself. Uh, She'd lost her own mother and she'd been brought up in a convent and then was farmed around to various uh, relatives and sexually abused as well by one of her relatives so she was a very inexperienced traumatized Mm -hmm. young mother and uh, very stressed throughout her pregnancy she couldn't connect with me found breastfeeding disgusting to have to take her breasts out to feed me so she couldn't do that she couldn't stand touch so she would push me off her lap so my mother's relationship with me was very problematic now looking back on it i know that she suffered narcissistic personality disorder besides being traumatized uh, she was unable to connect with me and she was unable to meet my needs. She couldn't understand them. Everything was about her.
0: Yes. Did you know that trauma can start as early as in the womb? It's it's so interesting that we can be traumatised from before we are even born. And listening to Dr Melanie Salmon there talking about her own mother, her own mother's childhood which included the loss of a parent and sexual abuse and how much that affected that young girl who then became pregnant and was unable to care for her own child and it's just so clear isn't it the pattern of generational trauma that can run through families over generation to generation and that's what we're talking about here on the podcast it's so important to recognize that and if you can be the person to recognize that trauma running through your family then you are a cycle breaker you are changing the future by making the decision to change it for next generations you can actually change the future with your decision to turn it around for your bloodline for your family
5: like something is wrong with me I just know there is what what is it and I don't I don't even I couldn't even recreate the google search but something led me to Pete Walker's book surviving to thriving and I ordered it and it came and I I remember exactly where I was sitting when I started reading it and I called my sister and I basically said I got the answer I, I had her get the book and she read it and she was like this we have our answer like this is why both of us have struggled so much in our life
0: this episode with Dr. Tana Wallace was called the truth and it really was such a beautiful deep truth from Tana about her childhood about just that moment where you you realize that you just don't have any kind of control over what's going on in your life. You feel like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so reactive? Why am I not able to get a handle on things? Why are my relationships not working? And just that realization that, oh my gosh, there's a reason for this. I'm not just going crazy. There's not something terribly wrong with me. I am just in deep trauma. And it's almost a relief, isn't it, to figure that out? I mean, so many of us have these rock-bottom moments where we are just questioning everything. And how come everybody else seems to have it together and not me? And just that realisation that this is all connected to what happened to me growing up. And because it was my normal, I haven't even questioned it. I've just pushed through... I've pushed everything down, the feelings. It's all been buried deep. And why, why is that an issue? I've buried it deep, you know? And we don't even realise that our trauma literally runs our life until we heal it.
6: I had nothing including my own being, was in any way in my agency or control. So I started to control food because it was a thing I could control. There was also a large preoccupation in the house around not... My, my dad had a big value around discipline. So one of the ways discipline was reflected was in your wellness. You, you, you definitely... He had like a real hang up with people being overweight because that reflected a lack of discipline so he was often chiding my mother for not being fit enough you know and as a little kid i internalized messages like oh if you if you eat too much of that you might have your mom's problem so don't do that so there were all sorts of like perfect little fodder for my developing mind to to have the raw material to create an eating disorder um yeah so those are some of the ways it showed up
0: I loved every moment of my connection with Mika and she was talking about the level of control that she didn't have over any aspect of her life. She grew up in a very controlled religious environment and discipline was almost militant in style and by the age of five she was washing her hands compulsively, obsessively. Um, it led to an eating disorder because it was her only way that she was able to have control over something in her life. And it's so scary, isn't it? The amount of control that can be taken away from us as kids and the ways that we grasp and try and get Some sort of control back in our lives. And Mika talks about she's now working with psychedelics to help people to work through so much of that trauma. And she talks about going back to find her younger self and to bring her home. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to do in your healing journey
5: mother that was very ignoring I didn't have rules I could be gone for days and she never came looking for me never called the police it was like oh good you're gone because I was like a burden to her right so she never searched for me or wondered if I was okay or anything like that I had no rules other kids had curfews and they you know they had to be in at a certain
4: time and I didn't have any of that
0: and as kids Especially as teens, you know, I think our dream is to have the parents that don't care where we are and don't ask us what we're doing. But of course, when you actually have a parent who displays complete abandonment and actually doesn't care where you are, the effects of that are profound because we all need that connection and we need that connection, especially with our main caregivers. You know, whether that's our parents or who that is, it's so important that we feel a connection, that we feel loved, that we feel cared for. All of those things impact us so deeply. And when when we're completely abandoned, um, we basically abandon ourselves because we don't value ourselves. We've never been taught to value ourselves. So we abandon ourselves and then it's a downward spiral because we don't have any self-care or self-love and this was Tracy's story. Tracy's doing amazing things in the somatic healing space. When Tracy hit her own rock bottom she found that somatic healing was a real life changer for her and so she's now working with others and showing them how they can heal and help their nervous systems to recover from that onslaught of a lifetime of trauma.
4: No one in my family
5: was ever very, like, loving per se, like, not very affectionate. We weren't people to tell each other, like, I love you, or even like hugs or, you know, kisses, like, no affection whatsoever. So, you know, they raised me, they did the best that they could, but in terms of like having some sort of like emotional, you know, physical like connection towards them, definitely did not have any of that.
0: This is Maria from the Mothering Anxiety podcast and... You know for kids that grow up in families where there's no real love, no affection, no real connection, it's such a lonely place to be and I really believe that the basic that we need as a human to survive well in the world is water, food and love. But when generations of your family before you haven't understood how to show love. You just don't have a great start in life. And I know that Maria felt very abandoned and lonely and she has had a lifetime of dealing with incredibly difficult anxiety. Nobody gets anxiety or depression for no reason. There's always a reason why we have anxiety or depression and it comes from our trauma, it comes from our childhood trauma.
5: No, I never really felt loved as a child. Some of my siblings, yes. My parents, there was so much chaos with them that it's extremely hard to feel love in all that violence and chaos because you don't know when you're going to be hurt again. And so you can't really, how do you feel love? And even if you did feel love, you open yourself up, you're going to get it beaten probably the next day anyway.
0: Sean Keyes was beaten pretty much every day of his life. And it was extremely violent and chaotic. And his father was alcoholic. His mum was depressed. And he just doesn't remember feeling any love whatsoever. He ended up developing borderline personality disorder. And and yeah, he tried to take his own life many times. Um, it's a really difficult story to hear because it's just hard to to see how one human can treat another in that way. But one of the most beautiful things, and it, it's hard for some people to understand this, but at the end of his father's life, he was able to forgive his father. He and his siblings were determined to care for their father in his dying months. They looked after him themselves and they wanted to do that for him and it just shows the beauty and the strength in the heart of Sean Keyes having been through everything that he went through in his life to decide that that was what he wanted to do for his dad.
3: Ready to pop the question?
4: this is not
1: right. And, and this is not how it should be. And I actually went to a counselor um, in high school who saved my life. So and I didn't tell my parents about it. No one knew about it. It was a private situation for me. And he basically saved my life. He was my I always had a little bit of anchor somewhere if I knew that things were getting too crazy. A lot of people don't have that. So I feel like that's one of the reasons I'm still alive today, because I became very suicidal. I became very just not, not well.
0: This is beautiful artist Anya Khan talking about the one person that she felt saved her. And I think this comes through in many people's stories is you can be in such a difficult place and there can be nobody there for you. Not one person is really looking out for you, is really caring for you. But if you do find that one person, and in Anya's case, it was her school counsellor, if you find that one person who actually cares, who listens, who you know is there for you 100%, it can be completely life-changing. And if you see somebody in the world who looks like they need somebody, reach out because you could be that person. You could be that one person that makes that difference in somebody else's life.
5: The easiest way to describe it is just guilt. Like, I just remember feeling very guilty and not understanding why, and always felt very responsible for her, again, without understanding why, and looking back, There was a lot of subtleties and and this is something that is so common with women that share the same experience with their mother, kind of saying things like, I can't wait till you have children. And there's like an undercurrent of, I can't wait till you go through what I'm going through. She did say to me, had she had a time again, she wouldn't have had children. I'll never forget that.
0: We've talked a lot about the narcissistic toxic mother on the podcast this year And it's definitely one of the hardest ones because we see our mother as the caregiver, the one that's supposed to love us unconditionally, who's supposed to be there for us and who's supposed to be on our side. And I think with the narcissistic mother, that's why it's so damaging because the person that's supposed to care for you the most is the person doing the most damage. And often we don't even realize it because it just becomes what's normal to us growing up we don't see the manipulation, we don't see what's happening, we just trust that this is how it's supposed to be until we get to an age where we start seeing the red flags and this chat with Michaela really showed how confusing it is to grow up with a narcissistic mother because it can be very very subtle in some ways so you just don't have the awareness of how manipulative
3: it really is. Definitely there was some pressure. If I look back and in hindsight, at a young age, there was this pressure for me to look like a doll or me to be perfect or me to be pleasing. And I don't have a daughter. I have two boys. But if I did have a daughter, I would probably not do that. I would probably make sure I would be very, very careful not to, especially nowadays with social media and what's with, with what's going on out there. It's absolutely insane, but I would definitely make sure to really walk lightly around the whole beauty thing. Cause it can be quite, it is, it is, it's not can be, it, it is very, it's damaging, especially when you're growing up and you're learning about yourself as a young girl.
0: Lauren and rosen there talking about the expectation, the pressure, to be this perfect little girl, to look a certain way. And it is such a pressure. It's a pressure in the entire of our society. If you look in any beauty magazine, there's this standard that we're all supposed to live up to. And as adults, we, we now know that this is fairy tale stuff. But as little girls, we, be, we believe that we have to be perfect. If we're in that environment where that's what we're being told. So such a a lesson in just letting our kids just be, you know, not telling them they have to look a certain way, they have to be a certain something. It's just about being yourself, your beautiful and authentic self, your amazing heart, your beautiful soul, just being you. If we can teach our kids anything, that's that's got to be it
5: one thing which is very shocking and traumatizing for me as a child is that i did not know that i was black i was a person yes. right i was a person i had my friends my mom she's very light-skinned so she could pass as white easily i was raised in different cultures different people different colors so when i go to portugal i discovered that i am a black girl because people point that out to me you know for me it's just you are other person but then there are things like i have a different hair my hair doesn't move like the other girls i am darker people treat me different because of that and being a small girl and starting to realize it's such a disappointment for a small girl to realize that oh okay so my skin is determining the way you look at me
0: oh it's hard to hear those words isn't it i mean judgment and racism it all just comes from fear it comes from generations and generations of people dividing themselves into groups and saying, well, that group's different to me. Um, that person does things different to how we do it. And, and this little girl that travels across the world who has no idea that she's black and she says, I was just a person. I was just a person that in itself that's it, isn't it? That's it. I was just a person. We're all just people. It shouldn't matter what our hair looks like, what our skin colour is. It shouldn't matter about anything. It should matter about what's in our heart, what's in our soul, who we really are. If we could get rid of that fear in the world, just imagine what an amazing place it would be.
1: Getting triggered by my kids. That was my number one priority because I was repeating generational patterns. I felt completely powerless when I would react so strongly to very small things that my kids would do. could genuinely incite a rage that was akin to if somebody had punched me in the face. And I was before i had the therapy and the emdr and i learned where all these things were coming from i just hated myself this is it's hard to speak about because it's so horrible that i was that i was like i was that mom i was heartbroken that i was that mom and i did not know how to get out of it
0: i've so loved my conversations with emma this year we've done two episodes We've actually done four episodes but on two different times in the year and I just love her honesty. She is so deeply honest about what has happened on this journey of trauma and healing and it just blows me away because I guess most people are just trying to bury the fact that they're not actually the mum that they thought they'd be. Um, I suppose we all think when we're kids, oh I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be the same as my parents. I'm not going to do the things that they do. I'm not going to say the things that they say. And when you get there, yes, you can make amazing improvements. But if you are carrying trauma, then and often that's when it that's when it all comes out when we have our kids, the trauma really comes out. And then we're really struggling. We're really struggling with the triggers every day. And when we don't understand it's even coming from trauma, then we're even further back on the path and we're just wondering, what is going on? What am I doing? Why am I not coping? Why am I not being the parent that I want to be? It's, um, it's a massive reality check. And I just am so grateful for Emma's words this year because she says exactly what so many people are going through. Um, and it's, it's really refreshing to hear that.
5: Carrying in your heart and in your soul the pain of so many generations. So when you actually feel this pain and you raise yourself, and go through that dark tunnel. Uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, you know, the holistic psychologist, she speaks of it as the dark night of the soul. When you go through this breakdown, which for me started at 36 with my son, and you go through this breakdown, and you go through this dark night of the soul, and you release this pain, and you connect with yourself, you merge with your inner child, then you become aligned. It's a beautiful process. That is the way you align. And then everything in your life just falls into place.
0: That was Kavita and she was talking about generational trauma. She talked about her own parents and how she felt that they were good people. They just weren't able to cope. Her mum was suffering with an undiagnosed mental illness and they just weren't able to cope with the two daughters and they got sent off to boarding school. And again, it's, it's that thing where you don't realize that you're holding this trauma until you're in your 30s and you have your first child and the world kind of falls apart. And it's such devastating pain, but the power of saying, this pain ends with me, I will be the change maker. I will be the pattern breaker. I will use my power now to change this for all who come after me. There's nothing more powerful than that.
1: I am such a believer that these hardships that we go through are our purpose in life. If we can look our trauma in the eye and move through it and move beyond that, And I'm experiencing this now, and it is so liberating. It's baby steps and healing journeys are never straightforward. So it's up and down still all the time. But I am glimpsing purpose, true purpose, and excitement and gratitude. And I know that without those hardships, I wouldn't have this gift of human experience to have all of this crazy melting pot of emotions and history and all of that and to move through it to then feel the joy of living.
5: I
0: just love this quote from Emma and it's what I'm going to finish this podcast on because it's just so full of hope. It's so full of hope for everything that we all wish for. We all want purpose. We all want to heal. We all want to change things for our kids. And that's exactly what Emma's doing. She's doing it now. She is healing. She is working hard. And some days are amazing. And some days are hard, and some weeks are hard. This is not an easy journey. But Emma, and every single one of you that is doing their very best every day to give themselves a better life, to give their kids a better life, if you've got kids, every single one of you, you are inspirational. You are inspirational because you might look around and think everybody else seems to have it easy. I would disagree. I think there are a lot of people who struggle with these things. They don't often even realize that's why they're struggling. There are so many unwell people out there who, physically, in their bodies, chronic illness, who are just spending their lives feeling unwell, in pain and not realizing that it comes from their trauma people who have depression have anxiety all the other mental illnesses and they're struggling every day it's it's inspirational that you listen to this podcast because you want to change you can bury it you know so many people they know that, that there's trauma there but they just want to ignore it you know that's that's one approach I don't think it's a great one because you just end up wasting your life in a spiral of shit, basically. (laughs) I just think I spent too long in there, you know, and I think the best place to be is on the healing path and you are inspirational for doing your very best every day. You're not ignoring it. You're not wallowing in it. I mean, we all wallow in it occasionally. (laughs) But you are inspirational because you are doing your very best. Best. And that is what it's all about. I'm so grateful to have you on this healing journey with me. I'm so grateful to put out episodes every week and see so many people connecting with the stories, listening to the advice and the beautiful wisdom of everybody that I've spoken to this year. It's been such a special time for me to connect in and just learn so much from so many people. Thank you to everybody that's been a guest this year. Thank you to you for listening. I really appreciate you. I've made you something beautiful, I've made you a little gift, which is an inner child visualization track. You can find it on my website at dawnchitty.com. And in support of the podcast, I've put it up as a pay what you like, whatever suits you. Um, In support of my podcast, it's a lot of work putting this podcast together every week. I'd love to be able to continue with it and find ways to support it. Have a beautiful holiday season. Make it whatever is good for you. I know the holidays can be triggering for some people. Um, If that's you, just make it whatever is good for you. Thank you so much for connecting and I'll catch up with you again next year. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you are ready to manifest and create the life you really want for yourself, please go to dawnchitty.com. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at mybigloveproject and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.